In chapter 41, David HaMalach writes, Ashrei Maskel Aldo. Praiseworthy is the person who contemplates the needs of a poor and sick person. But Yom Ra on an evil day, Yomal Tehu Hashem Hashem will save it. So Rashi says this means somebody who goes to visit a sick person and goes to visit and see what they need. As a reward, Hashem will save them from Gehenim and He'll also give them a good life. He'll give them a lot of blessing. The Zohar Kaddish explains this in a slightly different way. Ashrei Maskel Eldal. Praiseworthy is the person who contemplates the needs of a sick person. And he realizes that what this person needs when he's sick is really thoughts of teshuva. And he goes over to the person and in a subtle way and in a kind way explains that it's a good time now to think about the future and maybe do teshuva on some of the things you've done. And as a reward for arousing the other person for teshuva, this person himself will end up being saved from going to Gehenna. In chapter 42, David HaMalach says, Yomam Yitzavah Hashem Chastai. During the day, Hashem commands His kindness upon us. Uvalayla, but at night, Shiroi imi, there is song with me. What does this mean? It says in the Malbim, day always refers to when things are open, they're clear, we feel Hashem's loving kindness. And this is what it means. Yomam Yitzavah Hashem Chastai. During the day, we feel Hashem's kindness upon us. Uvalayla, but at night, it's dark. We don't feel Hashem's presence in our lives, this troubles, sorrows. What do we do? Shiro imi, we sing to Hashem. How are we able to sing to Hashem even in the dark of the night? Because we know, says the Malbim, that the morning is going to come and the kindness will come back. So yes, right now it's dark and yes, right now it's the night. But I'm going to sing a song to Hashem because I know that it means that the morning is about to come. And once again, things will be open and clear and I'll feel the loving kindness of Hashem. Ami once again. In chapter 43, David HaMalach says, Shlach orcha va'amitcha. Send us your light and send us your truth. So what is light and what is truth? It says Rashi, light refers to Mashiach, truth refers to Eliyahu Hanavi, the prophet Elijah. And the explanation is, because Mashiach is a light, he's going to bring light to the world, he's going to open up the world to the revelation of godliness everywhere. Eliyahu Hanavi is a prophet and he's going to tell us the truth. He's going to tell us what the real reality of the world is. And we want light and we want truth. We want Mashiach to light up the world and we want Eliyahu Anavi to bring reality and truth to this world that we live in. In chapter 44, Davin HaMalach ends off the psalm by saying, Our souls are stuck to the earth. Our bellies are stuck to the earth too. The Malbim says that what's being referred to over here is the double exile that we find ourselves in. One is to the body, one is the soul. The soul is not where it's supposed to be and the body is oppressed and goes through so much hardship as it goes through this world. And we ask to be saved from both. Kuma ezra salanu. Come and save our souls. Let the soul be restored to its full glory. And redeem our bodies for your kindness. We don't just want our bodies to come out intact. We want the soul to come out restored and able to connect to Hashem in the way that it's really supposed to be doing. In chapter 45, David HaMalach writes an interesting verse. And he says, I have loved righteousness, and I've hated evil. Is that not the same thing? Is that not two sides of the same coin? If we love kindness, if we love righteousness, of course we hate evil. Says Rav Shamshun Hirsch that what David HaMalach is trying to say over here is, that my purpose is not the negativity. My purpose is not just to hate evil. What I really want is to do the right thing. What I really want is a love 
of righteousness, and evil is getting in my way, so therefore I hate evil. But it's not a negative campaign. Sometimes we find ourselves just disliking the things that are going wrong and bad in the world. We have to realize that's not really what we want. Really we want the positive things in the world. And the negative is getting in the way of the positive. So that's what's got to come first. I have to say it. I really love righteousness. And that's what I want. And therefore, the wickedness and the evil in the world is bothering me. In chapter 46, David HaMalach describes a scene where the world around us is falling apart. There's earthquakes, the mountains are shaking, the rivers are flooding. But in the middle of all of this, you have a Lokim Bekirubach, Baruch Hu is in its midst. Baal Tima, he's not going to fall, he's not going to move. The Malvin says this is actually referring to an amazing story at the time where one of the great Syrian rivers totally flooded. It overflowed its banks and it was literally flooding the world. It was going from country to country and destroying it. There was an army that was on the way to Jerusalem to come and fight the Jewish people. And the river flooded the entire army, all the machinery, all the arms, and totally decimated them. This river, when it reached the gates of Yerushalayim, it miraculously stopped. The power and the holiness of Yerushalayim, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, stopped this river from flooding Yerushalayim. Elokim Bekerba, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in our midst, Baal Timot, we're not going to falter. There could be floods, it's going to stop right when HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants it to stop. In chapter 47, David is describing the scene where the entire world is going to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu's reign and control over the world. And he says, Kol ha'amim tekuchaf. All the nations of the world are going to hold hands. They're going to join together. They're going to blow their trumpets, their shofar to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Says the Malbim, today every nation fights with the other one. And the reason is because they want territory, they want to show that they're supreme, that they control the other one, they want to promote their religion. Imagine a world where everybody submits to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's reign, where everybody agrees that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the king. There's no reason anymore for the nations to fight. Because everybody agrees that it's Hashem and He's the correct one and He's the one running the world. So when they get to this point and they realize that it's all Hashem, all the nations of the world are going to hold hands. They're not going to have any more reason to fight. There's going to be peace in the world. They're simply going to blow their trumpets and shofar to Hashem. In chapter 48, David HaMalach is describing the city of Yerushalayim. And he writes, it's Yefeinof. It's a beautiful place. Mesos Kol It was the joy of the entire earth. What was it about Yerushalayim that made it the joy of the entire earth? Say the commentaries. When a Jew sins today, we pray to God, we do teshuva, we hope for atonement. In the days of the Beis HaMikdash, they had the ability to go to Yerushalayim, bring a carbon, bring a sacrifice, and that sacrifice guaranteed atonement, a cleansing for the sin that had just been done. There was no bigger joy than a Jew knowing that his sin that he had done has been erased, has been atoned for. And that's what made Yerushalayim, the Beis HaMikdash, the joy of the entire world. In chapter 49, David HaMalach is describing the ultimate struggle between body and soul. Which one do we spend our lives focusing on? The Malbim explains the verses describing a wealthy person who spends his life amassing honor, amassing wealth. He has to know that when he dies, he's not going to take it with him. It's not going to come with. His soul, he should spend his life blessing and amassing spiritual wealth. One day, we're going to thank ourselves that we focus on our soul. Because when we get up there, we're going to see that really what was eternal was the soul. And if we spend our lives 
focusing on the body and wealth and honor and pleasures. It may have been fun while we were down here, but it's not going to come down with us to the grave. If we spend our lives amassing spiritual wealth, one day our soul is going to thank us and say, thank you for seeing through the world mask, for not getting caught up in the mistake and focusing on what's eternal, because now you have amassed spiritual olam our spiritual world to come, and this lasts forever. In chapter 50, David writes a pretty scary verse. He writes, to Russia Amar to the wicked person Hashem said, Why are you studying my Torah? Why are you fulfilling my laws? Does this verse seem to say that a wicked person shouldn't bother doing Teshuvah, shouldn't study Torah, shouldn't do mitzvahs? Says that Arizal, the great Kabbalist, that what it means is that after a person has sinned, before he goes ahead to study Torah and do mitzvahs, he should always have a quick thought of Teshuvah. Quick thought of repentance, and that way he'll ensure that the mitzvahs that he's doing go to a good place. The Torah he's studying goes to a holy place and doesn't get stuck and surrounded by all the sins that the person's done in his life. So we have to think that before we study Torah and before we do a mitzvah, think for a moment, whatever I've done until now, it doesn't matter. Hashem, I'm coming back to you, I'm coming back to your Torah, I'm coming back to your mitzvahs. And that way we'll ensure that the Torah and mitzvahs will go and ascend to their correct place in the heaven.